The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to bromleytownchurch.com. Well, last week we started to look at this subject of anxiety, didn't we? What we've called anxiety unstuck. We hope to get to grips with the things that can impact our lives and help us to be able to cope. And, and, and the, the aim of this is to get some spiritual tools, as it were, in place for us. Simple tools that we might apply so that we may not be so burdened by these things that come and so easily beset any one of us. You know, these, these anxieties, these worries, these fear, fears, they, I, I related them last week very much to COVID and that, but there are so many other worries and concerns that come against us. It's got nothing to do with pandemics. And I just want to say that that some of these things can hang around for short little snippets of time. Other times it can be for a season. And sometimes it's just for a... It just seems to be forever that these things are besetting us and holding us down. But the fact of the matter is we must understand that none of us are immune. None of us, even though we might think we're resilient people to this sort of thing, I'm not a worrier, we can be beset by these things at some point in our lives. And I ended last week by saying that if we present ourselves before God, if we come to God in humility, we come to him with our hearts open and with a real desire to know that he can bring that peace to our souls, that we have certain, as it were, keys to do that. And the word I used was thanksgiving because it's found in that Philippians 4 scripture. And that is one of the ways that we receive his peace, no matter what we are going through, perceived or otherwise. Because God wants us to receive peace today. Today, not just when we come to glory. He wants us to receive peace today. That serenity and that peace that the scripture, and we'll look at it again in a moment to remind ourselves, says in Philippians 4 verse 7, transcends all understanding. All understanding. By definition, we can't get our heads around it. The level of peace that God wants you and I to live in is beyond understanding. It is so magnificent. It's so full. So, you know, sometimes I think when you're suffering from stress, anxieties, worries, fears, whatever you want to put the title on, it's good sometimes just to take a bit of a step back and and to see what it is that, 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 that is that may be triggering these things. Sometimes it's very obvious. Other times, not so obvious. And I was interested when I was doing some research for this word and that and found a study, and a study on worries. And so what he says is that if you take your 100% figure that is worry, 100% worry, okay, as much as 40% of it is suggested that will not come to pass. Do you see what I'm saying in that? It's things that we perceive are things that are going to impact our lives tremendously, but 40% doesn't come to pass. You know, because what we do is we're prone to see, uh, you know, the clouds, the, the, the storm clouds assembling on the horizon. And then we put ourselves, we fast forward ourselves into the middle of a perfect storm, don't we? We go, ah, it's all going to be awful, it's going to be crazy. But we do know sometimes the wind blows and the storm clouds may be forming, but they go that way, not this way. So I do get an understanding of that 40% being perceived worries. 
30% are all about things that have already happened, things that are in the past. Now, you and I know things that are in the past. Yeah, if it's about forgiveness and the like, there's something we can do about it. But most of the things are in the past, and guess what? They're in the past. We can't do an awful lot about it. It's already happened. can't be changed. 12% apparently come from criticism or blame we've received, maybe from a father, maybe from a mother, maybe from a close friend, maybe from a colleague or a, a boss or something. And often those criticisms are, are incorrect or they've been ill-founded. 10% are about perceived or real health issues. 10%. And if it is a health issue and you're absolutely locked in worry about it, guess what? It's not helping the situation. So, from our 100%, we are down. If you are a mathematician, and I'm not, so I needed a calculator, we're down to 8%. 8%, let's call them 8% of real problems. So, so do you see what they're trying... It's, it's, it's a way for us to look and think, well, actually, yes, I can narrow things down. Now, if you're experiencing these worries and concerns, just me saying, oh, well, some of them might be perceived, is not going to, to, to take that away. And you're not going to say, oh, well, yeah, maybe it's not such a big mountain as I thought it is. If you're worrying from these things, it's the fact that it, they're not going away. I'm not, I'm not feeling any better. So what we need to do is just to look a little more about what worry's about and what it does. And I, was, I love this quote from, from Corrie ten Boom. You, anyone heard of Corrie ten Boom? Put your hand up if you heard of Corrie ten Boom. Yeah, a few, a few. Corrie ten Boom is, was, was, was a Dutch lady. She was a writer. She, she survived uh, the concentration camp of, of Ravensbrück, and she was an amazing woman of God. And she once said, Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. Do you see that? It does not. So worrying doesn't cause you to escape the difficulties or the situations that have to be faced. Let's call those the 8% perhaps. But worrying cheats you. It cheats you of the strength that may be available to you for today to the cope with the things that you might need to deal with tomorrow. The word says this in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And then in Exodus, God says this. Is God speaking to us. Exodus chapter 33 and verse 14. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. You know, encouragement from the Lord is to be found throughout Scripture in respect of do not fear, do not be anxious. And it's not just in the words of Jesus in the New Testament, it will be found in the Old Testament. Those two scriptures we've just seen, Old Testament, is packed from Genesis through to Revelation with strength that we can lay hold of if our hope is set firmly on Jesus. Now, I ended last week also by saying that the way that the starting point, as it were, the starting point of, of this ability to receive this supernatural, this wonderful, this transcending peace, is to be thankful. Is to be thankful, to be a thankful person. Philippians 4, 6, Scripture speaks clearly, and it uses that word, thanksgiving, being the key when we come to God, when we come to Him with those prayers, petitions, when we come, it's with thanksgiving. Okay, let's, let's have a look at that, uh, that verse again. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, 
by prayer and petition with what? Thanksgiving, present your request before God or to God. I think it's fair to say that in our 21st century Western world culture, the, the, the biblical expression of thanksgiving has been watered down tremendously. Okay? I think the word thanks is so easily on and off our lips, isn't it? Oh, oh thanks. Quick thanks, quick thanks. Thank you. Yeah, cheers. Thanks. Half of it is because it's expected, and half the time we don't even really mean it. It's just, oh, someone's expected to hear that, so I chuck it in. It's a throwaway word so many times. And, and even as children, uh, I mean, we all learned, didn't we, so early in our lives that if you use what mum and dad called the magic words, you know, it wasn't just thank you, but please, you pretty much got what you wanted. Oh, please, thank you. you know, these are the things that we, that, we, that we sort of learn and we grow up with. But true thankfulness is, do you know what? God's will for you. Not something he says, you, you know, you, because of all the things I've done for you, you might like to actually be thankful for this. No, he actually says in his word, it's his will that you are thankful. In 1 Thessalonians and in chapter 5 and verse 18, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And then again in 1 Chronicles 16.34, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, his love endures forever. There is this motivation to be thankful, to be thankful for what we've got, for thankful for what the Lord has done for us, despite our problems, situation, worries, and concerns. And the more that we learn about the love and the character of God, the more that we are going to be moved to be those, and as Yomi mentioned it, praising, coming into God's presence because that's the gateway. To be thankful for every and any situation? No, not thankful for a bad situation. That would be perverse. But thankful in the situation, as I mentioned last week, that God is for us, with us, in the storm. Psalm 100, verses 4 and 5, also gives us reason to give thanks. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. So if I'm moved to be thankful, if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm a thankful man, a thankful person, it seems to me that one of the outworkings of that being thankful is going to be, I, I just want to say, Lord, I just want to rejoice. I just want to be glad. I just want to give you the glory that is due your name. Now, remember, and I said it last week, the battle is in here for the mind. And sometimes we have to train ourselves to start to behave and to respond to scriptures in the right way, albeit that the Holy Spirit is willing alongside to help us in that. So it seems to me that when we start to do these things, I will be thankful. I will allow rejoicing to, 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 to well up within me. There's going to be opposition. But I don't really fancy it. It seems to me that I'm putting it on. Hey, Get it in our spirits. We need to be motivated by Scripture and to move and to train ourselves and to know that we will come under opposition. But still, no, I am thankful. I am going to rejoice in who I am and who is God. If we understand truly what God has done for us, our secure position in Jesus, the strength that's given to you and me for victory, 
the way that we are supported in those everlasting arms through thick and through thin. And as, as, as Scripture says somewhere, that we shall soar as if on wings of eagles. Oof. These aren't throwaway lines. These aren't things in Scripture that might just bring us a wee bit of comfort sometimes. It's just the fact that this is truth and we should lay hold of this. Paul, the Apostle Paul, knew this was key. Really key. Not, oh, you might like to do this, guys. Key. He knew it was crucial to be a thankful person and to be someone who turned to the Lord with joy in their heart. In every season. Not just when you first come to Christ. Oh, yeah, I remember being joyful when I gave my life to the Lord. I was so full of zeal and hope and zest and promise. Ah, 30 years down the line. Yeah, thanks, Lord. No, you know, we, we've got to use the scriptures. We've got to be thankful and rejoicing people in all the anxieties, fears, and worries that we go through because it is key. At the very beginning of chapter 4 of uh, Philippians, Paul says this. He says, rejoice always in the Lord. I will say it again. Rejoice. Paul wants to get the point across. He says, listen... Rejoice. And if you zoned out at that minute, if you sort of suddenly cut off, I'm going to say it again, rejoice. rejoice. Get this in your heads. Rejoice. He really wants to get his point across. Uh, the world is in a mess. It's always been in a mess. It's never going to be anything other than being in a mess. And it's lots that can burden you. Lots that can get to you. For yourself, immediate problems, things perceived, but, yeah, we're talking about Father's Day. What about for your children? What about for your grandchildren? Is it for me now? There's lots out there that concern me and worry me. You, you don't have to look very far to, to hear the words climate change or dwindling resources or population growth or, or disease patterns or mutations. There's a lot out there that can get us to us. But if we go about our lives as those in Christ who are downbeat, who are full of angst, and, oh, but you don't understand my situation, there, there's a risk that we're going to be ineffective as Christians, and that is not what God wants. He wants us to bear fruit, bear fruit that will last. And remember, it's his will that we are thankful. So I reckon the key to all this, as Paul was saying, not a revelation to me, it's what the Lord is saying to me, rejoice, Kevin, rejoice. Rejoice in me. Rejoice. It's essential. It's essential. It's essential. It's essential. And it's nothing that we do just to escape the world from. You know, I don't want my worries, my anxieties, my apprehensions, my fears to guide and dictate how I live, how I present myself before my family, my friends, my colleagues, my neighbors, all those people that God has put me in front of and around because I'm wearied by the world. We want to remain steadfast, don't we, in throughout the days of our Christian walk. We want to remain teachable as well. Not, oh yeah, I've got it all packaged now, Lord. No, teachable and steadfast. Otherwise, these thoughts, these worries, these anxieties will press us possibly into very dark places. And that's not somewhere the Lord wants us to go or that we would be blessed in being in. You know, it's good to begin by focusing on what we do know. And I, I said at the beginning, some tools. Well, well you say, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll rejoice. Ah. You might need something to hang that on. And so let's look at a couple of things that we might hang it on so that our chins are not on our chests, but they can be raised 
and that we can worship the Father who wants to come alongside to bring us that peace, to bring us that encouragement, and to help us and to aid us in all those things that we have to go through. And one of the things, and we've heard it already this morning, (laughs) if your faith is in Jesus Christ this morning, God loves you, your sins are forgiven, He is yours, we are His, and the fact is that we have a very good reason to bless and rejoice in the Lord. It says in Psalm 32 and verse 1, Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. You know, if you are in Christ this morning, you are clothed in his righteousness, surrounded in his love. That is the fact of the matter this morning. That is an excellent position to be in and one that I wish and pray that every man and woman on this planet would be in, in the knowledge that Jesus is Lord, he is our righteousness, he is our strength, But for those of us that in Christ, never let that be a reason to think, oh yeah, we're clothed in Jesus. Let it it be an exuberant thing within you. I am in God. He is a good, good father. That's who he is, as we have sung. When we do that, there's an expression of worship that arises. And, and let's be those that, that, that dwell upon it. As I say, don't think, oh yeah, I remember that's in the past. Dwell on it, think upon it, weigh it, consider it, think. Yes, this is who I am. God is for me. Isaiah 61 and verse 10. This is Isaiah the great prophet speaking. You know, Isaiah didn't get it easy. He had to bring some pretty unpalatable things to a nation who wasn't listening to the way that God wanted them to go. And yet Isaiah says, I delight greatly in the Lord. I, despite all his concerns, all the things that beset him, I delight greatly in the Lord. And the more that we consider God's grace, his wonder, his mercy, the more that we want to delight in him, the more that we want to lift hands that worship him and to look to receive this forgiveness and this wonderful peace that is possible in Christ. Another tool, as it were, another, another thing that we can hang this rejoicing on is the fact that the Holy Spirit is with you. He is with you. The third person of the Trinity is with you. It is a great gift from God. The Holy Spirit is with us. And he is in your heart and seeks to come alongside and help you. The Greek word is parakletos. Parakletos means one that remains. Not, oh, he was there for a season. I think I remember being filled by the Spirit. He must have gone. No, he is with you. He is with you and wants to aid you. And we need to be filled by him and attract the Spirit and welcome the Spirit daily in our lives to combat these fears and worries. Ephesians 5 and and verse 18 says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. I know many, many, many people who at the end of a busy week or when they're worried or when they're concerned, go out and get skimful. Yeah? Oh, I've just got out and got hammered. Great. (laughs) Next morning, oh yeah, all those worries, all those concerns, all those fears, all those anxieties come flooding back. And I don't think that's ever been any different because Paul said, you know, don't don't go down that avenue. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. When we are filled with the Spirit, there is a spiritual engagement and that we receive that joy, we receive that strength, we receive that peace. He comes to us and it's all about putting ourselves in the way of the Spirit. 
you know, we spend an awful lot of time worrying, an awful lot of time fretting, an awful lot of time, oh, what if, what's going to happen, everything. How much time in comparison do you spend making room for the Holy Spirit? Just a question. Do you speak in tongues? I hope many of you do. If you do, do you use them? Do you praise God in tongues when you're in your car, when you're in your home, when you're in that quiet place, even up into your breath? Draw, sing in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit, draw the Spirit, the peace of God. Do you remember what Jesus said to the woman at the well in John chapter 4? This was a woman who was in all sorts of problems. Many relationships. Her, her original marriage had obviously fallen apart and she'd had all these different relationships. The fact of the matter, she was in a mess. Jesus, when he's speaking to her at a physical well, says to her, the water I give you, the water I give you, will, would be within her a well that is to say spiritual water that would, that would well up and provide for her in every season of her life. Started talking about physical water, ended up talking about spiritual water. The woman was like, oh, what does he mean? But she finally got there. In other words, what Jesus says to us is, I'm not trying to give you a quick slurp in your times of need. Oh, Lord, I needed that. Let me get back to my worries now. No, he's saying, listen, I'm going to give you a glass. No, am I going to give you a bucket full? No, I'm giving you the whole well. The whole well I want you to receive. I am the living water. Come and drink from me. Let your worries rest on me. Come and rejoice in who I am. That's how we receive peace. That's how we receive that indwelling of his spirit. Don't, 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 don't get into this situation where you go, yeah, but Kevin, I'm just too tired. I'm just too exhausted by the things I'm having to deal with. I'm just too, I'm just too weary. I, I, I haven't even got the effort to come on a unplugged on a Wednesday. I haven't got the effort. I just haven't got that within me at the moment to come and to pray and to worship with brothers and sisters. Look, draw from the Holy Spirit. He wants to aid you. He wants to equip you. He wants to fill you with joy. He wants you to experience peace. It isn't about sticking on our blinkers and going, oh, yeah, 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 life's all right with the world. I'm okay. Don't worry about me. I'm okay. It's not really, but I'm not pretending. It's about bringing in truth to your lives and, and, and understanding that there is a deep assurance that the Lord wants. You know, it is possible for us to go through concerns, worries, anxious periods of our lives. They are real, but with our spirits topped up, so that we might overcome, so that we might be equipped, so that we may be encouraged. And please, 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 don't think either in the sheepfold and no cattle in the stalls. Yet, yet will I rejoice in the Lord and will be joyful in God my Savior. Do you see? In every season of life, in every situation, we need to be joyful, praising God for who He is. In the good times, oh, that's easy. In the bad times, mm, that's tough. But that's what this, this is what the Scripture is saying. Look, even when it's really bad, He is for me. I am a son, I am a daughter of the Most High. He is for me. It's not willpower. It's the will to be, that God wants us to be thankful. It's about stirring that which is within us that is trying all the time to be pressed down by the world and what it wants for you. 
Let's be reminded of one of the scriptures we looked at already this morning because I just want us to look at this again. And it's 1 Thessalonians 5, but this time 16 to 18. Rejoice how often? How often? Right. To rejoice always. We've got that. Pray continually. Continually. I'm busy. I've got a busy life. Hey, listen, got a tongue in your head. Arrow prayers to God. Open all the time, God, for our prayers. Stir ourselves. Give thanks in all circumstances. It's a tough one. Yes, it is a tough one. But this is what the Word of God says. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Isaiah 55 and verse 6. going to volley you with a couple of scriptures. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. And then followed up quickly by the very words of Jesus in Matthew 7 and verse 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. You know, we don't come to a loving Heavenly Father who wants to hold things back. He doesn't say these things and say, yeah, but it ain't really going to happen. He wants to give these things to us. The peace that transcends all understanding is available. And he wants to, and you read this word often in Scripture, and I love it. It's called lavish. Lavish his love on you. Lavish. Not, yeah, there's a bit for you. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's a bit for you. He wants to lavish this provision upon us because we are dearly loved sons and daughters when our hope and our trust is in him. You know, I know, everything in this life is at best uncertain. You don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. But we can not allow these things to weigh us down and worry us. In Jesus, our eternity is secure. And we should allow that to build up in us, to weigh upon it, to think about it, considering it. But do train your mind. Please, listen. To train your mind in this hope so that you can combat worry, stress, anxieties and frustrations, the things that beset us in the full armor of what God is giving you as a son or daughter to cope with it in. I, I love this story. I love the, do you love the story of Nehemiah? Do you love the story of the book of Nehemiah? If you don't know the book of Nehemiah, it's about the, the exiles, the first exiles coming back to Jerusalem. They find it in a complete mess. Why wouldn't they be? It was trashed. And Nehemiah hears about this and he said, oh, and he asked permission from the king to go back, and, uh, which he's allowed to do. And he, he basically fronts it up. He heads it up and he gathers the people that are there and says, no, the, the walls, these walls, these walls may not, may, must not stay in disarray. And so he gathers the people, whether, they, whether they've got a single idea of how to lay a brick or not, you'll read, that they are all required, young and old, to get into the building of the walls. These were difficult times. For, not just for Nehemiah fronting it up. This was a difficult time for all. They were oppressed. There was threat of opposition. They could have been attacked. They could have lost their lives. There were setbacks. There were difficulties. They, they even got to one point where they were trying to build with one hand and holding on a weapon in the other. It's stressful? Yeah, I'd suggest so. What does Nehemiah say to them? He says to them in Nehemiah 8 verse 10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So in other words, you are going through tough things, but allow the joy of the Lord to be your strength and to be that thing that causes you to awaken and receive peace. Receive peace. Look, Anxiety is it's a huge subject, but for us in Christ, we have one who supplies for us 
Does it mean we don't go through... No, it doesn't mean we don't go through worries, anxieties and worries and concerns and the like. But do we have one who is for us in that? Yes, we do. Do we have one that wants to aid us against the enemy? Yes, we do. Do we have one who wants us to be thankful? Yeah, he says in his will. It's his will that I should be thankful. And beyond that, do we, do we, do we exuberate, do we extend our thanksgiving before him and say, despite the circumstances, I will worship him? Yes, I suggest we should. Because God is for us and not against us. Just let's end in a prayer. Father, I exalt you. I praise you. We exalt you. We praise you for who you are. For the fact that you know us so intimately. Not just as, 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 as a people, but as individuals. You know our strengths. You know our weaknesses. You know, you, Father, the things that we do. Even a word you say, you know it before it's formed on our lips. That is the one that we give our hearts and our praise and everything before. Lord, we know that you are for us. And we ask you, Lord, in all of these things that we suffer from, that, Lord God, that you will be the one that lifts us up. Help us to take our position. There is responsibility that is upon us. And, Lord, we want to be those who are responsible for, for laying hold of your word, laying hold of these truths and then walking in them and knowing the outworking of that peace, that wonderful transitional peace. Father, for all of my brothers and sisters and for those who are watching, who are going through all these very real anxieties at the moment, I pray your blessing over them. I pray your lifting. I pray, Lord, that you will bring them strength to aid them against, Father, these things and that they will come through victorious and they will come through strong because you are a great and mighty king. We thank you. We thank you. We praise you in that wonderful name that is our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com.